Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today's show is sponsored by the Social Media Marketing Society, the largest membership community for social media marketers. I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Bruce Irving, and we'll explore local social media marketing tips. By the way, if you want to reach me, email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a really cool way to view and interact with Instagram on the desktop. Okay, tell me more. <laughs> so it's really cool. It's called Grids, and you can find it at thegridsapp.com, and it's for Mac and Windows. Okay, how do you spell it? Is it just like it sounds, G-R-I-D-S? G-R-I-D-S, and again, for Mac and Windows. And this feels like the Instagram experience for desktop that mirrors the Instagram experience on your phone. Like I've, I've played around with desktop Instagram apps before. This is the one that I actually discovered from seeing Michael Hyatt was following it on Instagram and checked it out. And it's beautiful and intuitive and the big bonus here is you can see stories can you see stories with it that's that's the bonus yep that's that's the bonus now there's a free version that doesn't let you do that and doesn't let you add more than one account but i paid for the full version after i played with it for a little bit it was a 7.99 upgrade but it was well worth it because once i did i was like oh my gosh i'm viewing instagram stories on my desktop and this is this is amazing so um why don't you kind of explain to people why they might even want to, you know, experience Instagram on the desktop at all? Because you can experience Instagram in some regards on the desktop. So, so what is it about this that makes it different than just going to Instagram.com? The biggest difference is the fact that you can choose from multiple um, viewing options. You can have it be where it's like the native Instagram.com viewing where you scroll and it's one image at a time and you can like it and comment on it. But with this, you can change it to be multiple feeds. You can, you can, it's almost, it's almost tweet deck esque where you can have different columns that come up or different scrolling options. Um, all the functionality is there where you can search for hashtags and then save them. Um, you can, can you actually quickly, can you create content and upload it through this app? It says that you can, and I'm a little bit wary of touting that as a feature because that's still something that I think from from everywhere I've heard is a no no according to the API for Instagram. But it does say you can do it, so hmm. <clears throat> and you can comment and everything, manage all and your you comments. can comment and and everything. And the other cool feature is if you're using Instagram.com. In order to switch accounts, you're going to have to log out and back in again, which is going to wreak havoc on your uh, security settings. However, with this, you sign in once, and then you're able to switch back and forth just like on mobile. 
Very cool. So the business case here is for the marketer who is at a desk and wants to have a bigger screen where they can manage their Instagram experience and see stories without having to, you know, suck all the battery life out of their phone. They can go ahead and experience what you're describing as pretty much the exact same user experience. Is that correct? Yeah, it, it's the exact same user experience, but again, it, there's some tweaks there that make this even more appealing user interface-wise, at least for me. So you got to give it a try. There's the free version that'll get you your feet wet, and then again, if you want to get a paid upgrade, it's like $7.99, but worth it in my opinion. <laughs> cool. Where do we find this thing? You can find it at thegridsapp.com. The, G-R-I-D-S, app.com. And this is, a, this is an app, this is not a plugin or anything for web browsers, is that correct? Nope. It's, it's literally a standalone app you download for Mac as well as Windows. Awesome. Eric, thank you so much for bringing us this brand new discovery. You're welcome. Do you wish you could hang out in a place where everybody knows your name? You think of that song, Cheers, and you think about community, and you think about what we do as social media marketers. And wouldn't it be awesome to belong to a group of people that all do the same thing you do? Well, that's just a small sampling of what you get with the Social Media Marketing Society brought to you by Social Media Examiner. It's our membership community where three times a month we bring you workshop style training live on what you need to know with the latest and greatest in social media marketing. Enrollment is now open. Check out smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Decide if it's right for you, and hopefully you will check it out and decide it is right for you because I'd love to see you on the inside. With that, let's transition over to this week's brand new interview with Bruce Irving. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. This week, I'm very excited to be joined by Bruce Irving. If you don't know who Bruce is, he's the host of the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, a show where he helps local pizza restaurants master their marketing. He's a former pizzeria owner himself, and you'll find him online at smartpizzamarketing.com. Bruce, welcome to the show. Mike, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Well, today, uh, Bruce and I are going to talk about local social media marketing using Facebook and Instagram. And even though Bruce... Uh, Bruce's experiences in the world of restaurants, so much of what we're going to be talking about today will apply to anyone who has a local business. And with that, let's start with your backstory, man. Um, how did you go from running a pizza shop to what you're doing today? <laughs> it's a funny story. It's, it's amazing. If you asked me two years ago if I would have been here talking to you, I would have said no way. But you know, it's funny. It, just like in the pizza industry, the people who I talk to, it never seems to go it the way you planned it out. So I was in the pizza industry since I was 16 years old. It was kind of like my first real job. Uh, and I worked my way up. I met a gentleman. We partnered up. We ran a pizza operation that did a pretty high volume of sales for the style of restaurant that we were. Uh, we were really using old marketing methods, though. What style were you, just out of curiosity? What style of restaurant or marketing yeah, you said You said the style of restaurant we were. What style were you? Oh, it was just we had like 10 seats, and it was takeout and delivery. Got it. Okay, cool. So, and we did a high volume of sales uh, based on you know getting people to call us and then go to them. So it was a pretty high volume shop for that type of industry. Cool. Keep going with the story. So we were using old marketing methods, and they were working at the time. This was the late 90s, early 2000s, even into the mid-2000s, till about 2008 to 2010. The things that we were doing kind of started to 
dwindle off. You know, direct mail, postcards, they worked, but they didn't work as well. Uh, so we dabbled into social media. Facebook was coming on. We started to use that. And it was working pretty well. And then it became our relatives who were in the business and friends who were in the business were asking us, hey, how are you using social media or different types of marketing to continue to grow? Because we were still still growing, even though the economy tanked and we were still uh, going pretty well in sales. They would ask us and we would say, hey, this is what we're doing. Try it out yourself. Um, and then I kind of, in 2013, got the idea of, you know what, I want to talk to, podcasting was huge. I want to talk to other operators about what they're doing, you know, I mean, we can always learn from other people in the business and it's always good to get out and talk to other people. But when you own a local business like we had, it's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world to do to go take a week off and go visit these places and go to networking events and conferences. It's just, it's just hard for us because we, we have employees and we're, we're stuck in the business sometimes. So podcasting was a, a thing that I wanted to try out. I like listening to them and there was no industry specific podcast. So I started one in 2015. And then that turned into uh, talking to other operators, seeing what's working for them, and also teaching people what we've learned and what we continue to do. And then now that turned into the agency that we have where we help local restaurants, pizza-specific, uh, run social media and more digital advertising, not so much offline. Awesome. Great story. So pretty much for the last couple of years here, you've been, you've been uh, fully focused on helping other uh, pizzerias really use various marketing techniques to to grow their business, right? Yeah, for the last 16 months, I've been solely doing this full time, uh, running the agency. I mean, we spend thousands of dollars every every week helping local pizzerias get better results with online marketing and just grow their businesses using what's working today. Awesome. My first question is video. Um, I know that video is a big deal. And what are you teaching your clients when it comes to video? Uh, let's just start there. I think when you think when you think of a pizzeria, maybe think of New York City, you're walking down the street and you think of a pizza shop. What do you think of? In New York, I would think yeah. I would think some sort of like a, I would think a little stand with a window and some guy yelling, hey, come get your pizza. I don't know. That's what I would think. You know, exactly. You think of the window, you think of them tossing the pizza in the air. It's a very visual st- style of restaurant. You know, even the more traditional restaurants, they're going to these open kitchen concepts where you can see the chef working and creating what they're doing. You actually, it's part of the show. So that's what we try to teach our clients. Say, listen, what you're doing is very visual. It's very entertaining and people like to be entertained and to see kind of behind the scenes. So get out there, even though a lot of the clients, and and when I say a lot, I mean almost every single one doesn't want to do video in the beginning. Hmm. But you got to get out there and get comfortable in front of that camera and show people what you're doing and how you're doing it because it is entertaining and people do want to see that. So let's talk about it. Like um, how, what kind of videos are you are your you know uh, clients? What are they making? And let's help people kind of visualize in their brain with words the kind of stuff that they're doing. So w- what we do is we obviously work with a little bit of restaurants, but you can really do this in any business. And you can either do a couple different styles of videos. You can do tutorials where you're showing people how to do something. Maybe you show someone how to make the dough. Hmm. What, like what, Everybody says they have the best pizza in town, right? You, you go into these pizza shops and you say every single one, every single one says we have the best pizza in town. Why do you have the best pizza in town? Do you make your own dough? Do you use a special kind of sauce? Do you – uh, cut up all your own vegetables, like show people that. And that's what we tell them to do and give them the behind the scenes because that's what makes you different. You're competing with every other place in your neighborhood and the big chains. What makes you different? It's a couple things. Your personality, if you're a really personable owner and can get in front of that camera and really be charismatic, that's what separates you. And the products and services that you offer 
separate you from those other brands. Now, is video kind of a core part of the strategy for a lot of your clients? Uh, because in my mind, you know, this kind of is part of what I'm going to call a content marketing play, right? You can, yeah. you can write or you can speak like we're doing right now, or you can do video, right? Those are like the main things that we're talking about. And I would imagine a lot of these um, pizzerias are not blogging and they probably don't have time to podcast. So is this the main content that they're creating and are they consistently, I mean, the really, the, the ones that are doing it right, are they consistently creating videos on various topics that their customers or prospects are interested in? Definitely. I think it's a huge strategy. It's, it's really, like you said, the only thing that a, a local business can do, that's a restaurant, that is easy for them to do because you can just use the technology you have right in your pocket with your iPhone or whatever phone you use nowadays. Uh, and you're right. The, your customers aren't going to read your blog on a restaurant website. They're not going to uh, listen to a podcast about a local business. They may, but if you do a podcast as a local business, it's probably going to be a little bit more broad than just about what you do. Right. Um, so video is definitely the spot where we try to help people get comfortable in front of the camera and then just try to hammer out content, whether that be on Instagram or Facebook. Those are the two platforms that really seem to be working right now. And when you say get comfortable in front of the camera, what are some of the tips that you give people? Because I know a lot of people freak out and they think they need to be like Channel 10 News or something like that. So what do you, <laughs> what do you tell them to do, you know? It's totally right. Like you just got to be prepared. Um, practice a little bit. Like Instagram stories and, you know, Snapchat over the last nine months isn't what it used to be. But it's definitely those Instagram stories and Snapchat are definitely two platforms where you can practice. Because ultimately the video goes away relatively quick unless somebody saves it, which is not doesn't usually happen, uh, but it goes away. So you can kind of practice and get comfortable. I don't know what happens to people, but soon we'll have clients who we literally practice the video without the camera. And this is something that I've learned over time is never, never practice a video without holding the camera mm. because as soon as you pick up the camera, they immediately freak out. That's so interesting. always, always practice, practice with the camera in your hand. And the great thing about Instagram stories is it's 15 seconds. Snapchat is 10 seconds. I think if I'm getting, or it might be 12, no, 12 seconds. I think on Instagram stories, I get all the numbers mixed up 15 on yeah. messenger. <laughs> they're really short, right? And, and they're yeah. vertical and you can just use your arm, stick it out there and hit record. Right. I mean, it, it doesn't need to be super professional. And in some regards, I would imagine the more raw and authentic it is, the better for some of these restaurants. Am I right? Yes, it, with those two platforms for sure. If you're going to use a Facebook video, you maybe want it to be a little bit more professional than you would on Instagram for the stories or on Snapchat. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't. You're a local restaurant. People like the human humanity behind that restaurant. They want to see the owner. The, uh, you know, back in the day, you used to go into the butcher shop, and the butcher would know it's Thursday. Here comes Helen. She's getting her pork chops. Like that's gone with social media now. And video is a great way to bring that back to life and say, Hey, this is who I am. I'm the local business owner. This is me. I'm behind the counter here. I'm I'm here. If you want to stop by, great. If you don't and you just want to call me or use my online ordering, this is me. So you know who's behind the, the business that you're 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 going to. Now you mentioned earlier before you started this business, Smart Pizza Marketing, uh, you had a challenge because it was a small business and you know short staffed and all that kind of fun stuff. And so many small businesses today, frankly, are pretty tight on their staff. So if they're going to get involved with Instagram and Facebook and they may not have a huge profit margin, how, how do they, how do they calculate whether or not the investment and the time that it's going to take to do this? Cause it does take time 
and right. possibly the money if they're going to put any money behind some of this content. How are they going to know that that's a smart investment for their their, their time? I think you don't have a choice. I think if you're a local business owner, you don't have a choice on whether to use Facebook or to use Instagram. Um, you have a choice of which platform you use, but to use any of those platforms, you have to use a couple because that's where the younger generation is just hanging out. And as the older generation kind of exits the market and the younger generation enters, you need to be able to communicate with that. Otherwise, you're going to go out of business. So, so when you say you don't have a choice, is that because all of you, the customers are, who are ultimately coming into your establishment are already using this stuff and you want to engage with them? Is that kind of what I hear you saying? Yeah, it's like, did you ever watch that show Seinfeld? You know of course, that show? of course. It's like, the I call it the Costanza method. That's how I how I kind of summarize it to people. Uh, there was an episode where he had this hat or and he was going on a date with this lady and at first she didn't like him. And he's like, you know what, Jerry? I just need to get in front of her three times and then she's going to know who I am. So he would come up with this whole plan of how he's going to meet her three times. And that's kind of what social media does for these local businesses. It brings awareness to your your business. Maybe that first time they they see your ad or they see your video and it doesn't really register with them too much. But the second or third or fourth time they see that video or that ad, it starts to register. And when that person thinks of whatever service you have in that area, they think of you because subconsciously they think of that ad or that video they saw, even though they can't really recall where they saw it. Are a lot of are, are a lot of the local businesses saying, "Hey, how do I know this is going to work? How do I get a return on my investment?" Is that a question they're even thinking about? Of course, every single person asks me. They say, "You know, more than that." Or I get more of, "You know, I tried Facebook and it didn't work." Mm. And then you dig deeper into, "Okay, what did you do?" So what do you tell them? So what do you tell I, them? They, yeah, go ahead. I say, they say, "You know what? I placed, I spent twenty dollars on an ad and I didn't get anything out of it." And I look at their Facebook page and they have seventy-two likes and they did one post. They paid twenty dollars for it. The copy was bad. It was a really generic picture. And of course, it didn't work. Um, and it's not something that's going to work overnight. It has to be over time. You have to build up that rapport with your audience over time. Um, so I say you just got to give it a little bit of time. Three to six months is usually the time frame that we try to have them stick to it. And as long as you're consistent over time and spend a little bit of money in the beginning to you know, really build engagement on Facebook or Instagram or whatever platform, um, in time, it'll work. And I would imagine because one of the things that local businesses have that online businesses do not is natural foot traffic um, that comes into the restaurant. And I would imagine some of the low hanging opportunity is probably those people that are physically coming into the restaurant and encouraging them to engage on Facebook and Instagram. Is that is that what you advise a lot of people? Yeah, totally. And even with email nowadays, especially with the space that I'm in with online ordering is really something that is gaining traction. A lot of people are ordering online, whereas five years ago, online ordering was kind of like, yeah, you maybe get one out of five. Now it's like three out of five people will order online from you. And the thing you have with that is email. So you can either communicate with them through email or have them like alert your customers that you are on these other social platforms and they go like your page or interact with you there. Okay. Let's, let's dig in on Facebook, and then we'll talk about Instagram. Um, I would love you to um, maybe dig into your box of tricks and share some of what local businesses um, can do creatively with Facebook. Where do you want to start? Uh, I think Facebook has the best advertising platform for a local business ever. The way that you could target your audience on Facebook uh, for a local business is just the best marketing platform that we've ever seen. And I used direct mail. I used postcards. I used the yellow pages. And uh, with EDDM now, which is the direct mail through the postal office, and you can do it by carrier route, 
you can do that with Facebook at like one one hundredth of the cost. So what explain, I yeah, explain what that means for those of us that don't know what you were just talking about. EDDM. Yeah. So basically, that's a, a service through the postal service, and you could target carrier routes. So your mailman goes on certain carrier routes. So if I live in a city, it may have you know fifteen different carrier routes. If you do EDDM, what you can do is you could select four of those carrier routes and have your mail go to those specific routes rather than just the whole city. I see. And how does that translate to what you were about to say about Facebook? Facebook does the same exact thing. So sometimes if you have a, a service in, you live in a city like Boston, Boston is huge with a ton of zip codes. Now maybe I only service two of those zip codes on Facebook. I can go into my ad and plug in the zip code that I want to target and my ad will only show to people who are in that zip code or living in that zip code, whichever I choose. Can you do like geo tagging also? Like, can you look at a map and say, I just want to target people within a couple blocks from my restaurant or is it not quite yeah. there yet? Yeah, totally. You can put, what we do is we'll put the physical address of the restaurant and then we'll do a circle or radius around that restaurant, depending on how far they want to go. Each restaurant is different. Some go a mile, some go five miles. And then you could target people who live in that area or who were recently in that area. And maybe, because maybe we service a lunch crowd and they work in our town, but they don't live in our town. Oh, so we could target just, those people who yeah. are around there who have recently in there. Now that's, that's where you're starting to get creative here that a lot, a lot of us online folks didn't even realize you could do that. So you can say recently. Now, what does recently mean? Translate that last few hours or what does that mean exactly? I'm not exactly sure as to how much time goes by before Facebook says they were recently in there. I'm, I'm assuming it's a day or two. They're not going to say, right. you know, someone was here last year and you could target them on Facebook, but you never know. But I'm, I'm assuming it's within a day or two. I'm not, I haven't really digged into that much data, but I know you could do that. Um, Cause we in a lot of towns like Boston, we do that for people who work in the city and maybe they want to come in for lunch, uh, but they don't live in the city. So if you target people who live there, you're not going to hit those people because they don't live there. Could you target a uh, f could you target a building, you know, or could you target a physical address? I mean, like let's say there's a high rise in downtown Boston. Can you target that specifically or no? Um, you might be able to. What I would do for that is I would target. I would try to figure out the businesses that are in there and maybe find people who work at those businesses who are ah. in that zip code. Got it. Okay. So beyond targeting people around your location, is there, would you combine that with any other things? Cause Facebook, let's be honest, knows a heck of a lot about us, right? <laughs> so, totally. so what else can we do on top of that geographical targeting to kind of that, that you can only do with Facebook, for example, you can upload your email list too and target people who are, there's two ways to target people from your email list. And this is what we do. We target people who open our emails and then we target people separately who don't open the emails. Mm, interesting. So you maybe want to target someone who doesn't open your emails a little bit more aggressively, maybe to get them re-engaged on your email list. And the people who open your emails, I mean, email is, I mean, it's not free, but slightly above free. So the people who open your emails, you may not want to throw really aggressive ads at. It may just be more of, hey, I'm here. Take a look at what we're doing today. Um, but the people who don't open your email, maybe you want to be a little bit more aggressive to get them to open those emails or to order from you because obviously you lost them somewhere. What about things like um, they live within this area and they're a fan of the pizzeria on the other side of town? You know, I mean, is there can you do that kind of stuff? Like, can you say like, hey, they live in the zip code and they're fans of Domino's um, and I'm not Domino's, so I'm going to try to bring them over to my pizza because I could have an ad like we're better than Domino's. Come try us out. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. 
Yeah, you can definitely do that for bigger Facebook pages. I think there's a certain criteria, and it's not an exact science for Facebook, um, but you can definitely target people who like certain pages as long as those pages are big enough. What about things like uh, demographics like age and gender and uh, personal interests and stuff like that? Can you do all that on top of all of this uh, geographical targeting? Oh, yeah. We, we, so here's what I'll give you the exact details of what we do. So we have, we'll run someone's Facebook page and we'll target people who like their page. And then we'll do a different ad to people who don't like their page. You know, maybe they live in that two or three mile radius around the business and we want to get really aggressive with new customers. And we don't, we exclude the people who already like our Facebook page because we don't want to give a $4 off coupon to an existing customer. We want to get new customers in with that. Mm. So we'll, we'll target people around that five mile radius interest be pizza. Like you said, Domino's, maybe they like pizza as one of their interests and they do not like our page. We'll exclude the people who like our page currently. And then we'll do separate ad targeting to those people to get them to come into the door. I I don't know if you've been around long enough to know the answer to this question, but I remember seeing these things that used to be called offers or something like that on Facebook. They weren't ads. They were almost like coupons and, 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 and people could redeem them. Does that, is that something you've ever heard of? And is that something that currently, um, you're familiar with or no? Yeah, yeah, there are a few tabs on on Facebook that you can use. There are offers. I mean, they don't work as good. What, here's what I find. I find that ads that look like ads don't work as well. There's another one on there that a lot of people in our industry want to use. It's the now hiring tab. Like they came out with this jobs tab where you can uh, so put in all your criteria and someone can fill out an application right on Facebook. And yeah, it works okay, but it doesn't really work as well as something you could come up with creatively to get someone to go to your own website and fill an application. Like we recently did a, a video and this is a cool video that anybody out there can use that runs a restaurant. And it was, a, it was a car. We took a, a young lady delivery driver and we put three or four pizza boxes on her roof. And it was her driving by the front door of the restaurant that we were promoting. And our ad said something like this. Hey, we're obviously, we obviously need some new delivery drivers. If you're looking or you know anybody else looking for a job and want to make blah, 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 go over here. And it was just a funny video that got attention and it got people to share it with people who were looking for a delivery driver job in that area. Very cool. Um, what about, what about the non-paid side of things? Uh, what should people be doing on their Facebook pages, for example, to, you know, generate exposure or interest, uh, with their fans? It depends on where your starting point is. If you're starting from zero, um, it's going to be really hard for you to gain traction without using any kind of money in the beginning. But you can ask questions, uh, come up with contests. A thing that we do a lot is like and share for X. And in the restaurant industry, to give away an appetizer or a free pizza doesn't cost a tremendous amount of money. So we'll put in the post, hey, like and share this for a chance to win a free pizza. We'll pick somebody at 8 o'clock tonight. Hmm. And if we, if we spend $5 on that, we'll get 47 people to share it onto their page. And then if they have 500 friends, you can just imagine how many people see that ad on top of that. What about photography? Um, what do you recommend for photos and stuff on Facebook? I recommend you taking your phone and taking pictures yourself. Uh, you know, a lot of people try to get these fancy photography photos and they think they have to hire a photographer and spend a few hundred dollars on that. But I find the ones that you just take yourself work the best. You know, if it's a, it's, if it just, why do you think uh, as that long is? as it's a good photo. Why do you think that is? I just think that people are very aware of marketing nowadays. And I think that the more professional a photo looks, it makes people, maybe the younger generation who's on those platforms, think of advertising. And it totally turns them off. Mm -hmm. But if you, can, if you can make them think of it as just 
hey, this is this is what I do. I just took this picture myself. And then you get a you get a shot at that of them reading the copy in that. But if it looks too propped up, almost like the McDonald's commercial where that burger looks really good on TV, and then you get it and it looks totally different. Um, that's that's kind of what it's that's like. That's so interesting too. because it's quite the opposite of what restaurants would think to do. Because so many times I've been in restaurants where they have beautiful pictures of their food, you know, and they even work it into the menus and. Um, and they might already have a lot of that kind of food, especially if they're one of those pizzerias that serves a lot more than just pizza. They might have beautiful photographs that are professionally taken of salads and, and higher end dishes and stuff. But you're saying don't use that stuff on the social network. Just pull out your smartphone and take some pictures because it'll get better uh, response. Is that what I hear you saying? I'm not saying take a bad photo. No, but it needs to look, it needs to look realistic is what I hear you saying, right? Not, exactly, not, totally, not ultra, yes. not like so <laughs> unbelievably savory <laughs> that, that right. everybody knows it's never going to look that way. Um, yeah, totally. The, the, the more natural it looks in the environment you have, almost like user generated content is hot right now. The more, and you know, if you can see these photos that people are taking of your food on Instagram, you know, re re kind of do the same kind of thing yourself. You don't need to spend. Uh, I mean, the cameras that we have on our phones nowadays are are super great, and you don't need to spend all kinds of money to get a photo of a pizza or a dish or a salad or whatever it is your your shirt that you're selling online. I mean, it's just not necessary. Well, you just mentioned Instagram, and um, just as of this recording, Instagram uh, announced that they have 700 million active users, up from 600 million only six months ago, and. Uh, and 600 million uh, uh, four months ago. So they're like growing like crazy. So let's, let's spend a few minutes talking about Instagram. Um, it seems to me that Instagram was perfect, perfectly built to be used inside of restaurants, right? So, so talk to me, like what should restaurants and local businesses be doing with Instagram or what are you advising some of your clients? It's funny because the, I was just doing an, I was just doing a webinar about Instagram showing pizzerias, how to use Instagram. And the number one photographed food is pizza. <laughs> on Instagram. So, I mean, obviously people are used to seeing pictures of pizza on Instagram, but so what's the marketing advice that you would give to local businesses? What do they do with Instagram? Where do we start? It's changed. You know, a few months back, you could really do one, two photos on Instagram a day. And now you want to scale that back a little bit. You don't necessarily want to hammer people with your photos. You want to really think about what you're going to do. It's almost like two different strategies. You have one strategy for stories and one strategy for the Instagram feed when it comes to your business. It can't be, they're not the same. Um, well, let's start with the so feed and then let's go over to stories. Okay. So the feed, you want to do really good photos of your products and services. I mean, pizza or restaurant or food is really, really visual. So the better you could be, that may be a spot where you really want to spend a little bit more time on those photos. Than so you would so on maybe Facebook. on those ones, you want to get some really good lighting and make sure that they're a little more professionally staged. Is that what I hear you saying? Definitely. The, the ones for Instagram, you definitely want to make sure those are the best ones you take with your iPhone. I still think that you can use your iPhone, but they want to be the ones that you maybe take a little bit more than two seconds to take a photo of it. Put it in the right spot, like you said. Make sure the angle is good. Make sure the lighting is good. And then what you say on the copy really matters too. So tell me, like, are we just taking pictures of our food? Are we taking pictures of customers in line? Are we taking pictures of the, of the pizza being spun up in the air? What are we talking about on Instagram? I think it's a mixture. On the feed, you could do a mixture of video and pictures. And I think you should do a little bit of both. You don't want your Instagram account to be boring. Um, you want it to be a mixture of 60 second videos or boomerang videos are working really well right now of maybe you spinning the dough in your hand for 15 seconds or you, 
uh, sauteing a pan or you showing someone your product for 15 or 20 seconds and just giving a brief description of it. Um, and then adding hashtags. I mean, hashtags for your local area really get into whatever genre of business you have locally and really search out those local hashtags because hashtags are something that people still search on on Instagram. So for those that aren't familiar with Boomerang, why don't you just explain what that is? Boomerang is where you could take – it takes like uh, – I don't know how many pictures it takes in a row, but it almost makes it look like a, like uh, a one or two-second video forward and then backwards, ah. like almost like a rotating video. Yep, so it loops forward and then it loops back. That's why they yeah, it goes Yeah, it goes forward and then reverse, forward and then reverse, and just kind of loops over and over and over again. Now, is that a special app or is that built into Instagram? Do you know? It's built into Instagram. Oh, cool. So you can just like you would take your photo on Instagram for your feed. Yeah, you do the same thing. I think if you swipe to the left, got it. Yeah, it'll say boomerang on there. Perfect. Now, um, stories. So on Instagram, I'm pretty certain when I last checked, it was about 12 seconds. And the Instagram stories, uh, for those who aren't familiar, is 24 hours and then it disappears and you can do still shots and videos. So what do you recommend? And, and it's vertical video. We should clarify that as well. So tell me what you're recommending to uh, local restaurants to do with Instagram stories. I think Instagram stories you should use kind of like what you used Snapchat for back a few months ago. We were really pushing people to get on Snapchat before stories came out. Give people a behind the scenes look at what goes on in your restaurant. Um, and especially for the restaurant, and I, and I know we keep saying restaurant, but local business. For us as local business owners, sometimes it can feel like Groundhog Day. You know, every day is exactly the same. You go in, it's Monday, you go through your routine, and then you go home. But to your customer, Every day is different in your restaurant. Like they don't know what you do on a Monday afternoon or a Friday morning. Show them that. It's a great way to build rapport and show your customers what it's really like to work inside of your business. So give me an example of, of one that you think – think about some of the, the ones that you've seen and just kind of give me an example of how they're using stories because obviously there's – it's kind of a blank canvas. You can do almost anything you could possibly imagine, but I'm sure there's some that are doing it really well. Maybe you could give an example of one that's doing it well so people can kind of visualize in their brain how this could be used. I'll give you some examples of things that we work with our clients on. It, 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 show people – like this is where you can have your staff or your employees really help you. Uh, through the process because they can either do takeovers for your restaurant and maybe it's one of your higher ranking members or your staff kind of takes control of your Instagram story and they get creative on their own with your business. You know, what is it like for them or an employee to work in your business? And then show them like the rush hour. You know, if it's, if you work in a restaurant and it's really busy from five to six o'clock or six to seven o'clock, show that on your Instagram stories for a quick, uh, you know, 12 second video or a couple videos back to back to kind of get people to know why it's so busy. Maybe your pizza is taking an hour to make. Show them why it's taking an hour to get that pizza to you. Now, obviously, with Instagram stories, people can reply. What do you recommend the local business do? Do they need to be pretty up on responding to these messages that are coming in off the stories? I think if you want responses, you should ask for them. Otherwise, you should not like not expect people to respond. I think people are going to be more voyeurs and kind of watch it from the background as a local business. But if you want to reply, it's easy to reply to an Instagram story. But like you said, if you're going to ask for that reply, make sure that you're monitoring that because the last thing you want to do is ask for a reply and then not engage with that customer when they do reply. Now, do you recommend that in the case of stories, um, it be almost every day? And if so, how many clips typically are you recommending people take to from the beginning to the end of their story? Yeah, we see uh, anywhere from four to five clips, You know, a mixture of photos and videos throughout your day is the sweet spot. Anything more than that uh, tends to get a little long. 
right. especially if you're a local business, it can get a little boring right. if you're not, you know, very charismatic or you don't, it just gets repetitive. So four to five is pretty good. Um, and then anything less than that, I don't think is enough because maybe you're doing it in the morning time. And then, you know, that, that, those circles on your top of your Instagram feed are chronological. So if you're not doing it spaced out throughout the day, you kind of get, um, lost in the shuffle, so to speak. Yeah. And, um, for those that are regular listeners to the show, uh, we had Jen Herman on a couple of months ago talking about Instagram business profiles and this might be a reason to upgrade to the business profile because us at Social Media Examiner, one of the things we were trying to, to easily track is the metrics on stories. And because they disappear in 24 hours, it's kind of hard to know how many people are staying from the beginning to the end of the clips in the story unless you're totally on top of it. And with, right. with the business account, you have all that data and you can quickly see and then you can analyze it and you can say, all right. Um, when I gave the phone to Susie, what she did really resonates. We need to do more of this kind of stuff, you know, so looking right. at those analytics is super valuable. What about ads on Instagram? What do you recommend for that? I, it's, I mean, if you're a local restaurant, especially a pizza restaurant, you know, first of all, you, ha we make them get a business profile because of the data that you get. And I know that Facebook owns Instagram and it's going to change and they're going right. to make you pay later. And you know, that's coming, but listen, you're a local business. Uh, nobody really wants to see. Oh yeah, there's some, there's some real shop. advantages to the local business, right? Don't they be able to put the address in there or something like that? In the oh, phone yeah, number? you can put your email, you could put a shop now link. You know, we do a lot of ads where we'll take a really good photo of a picture of a, of a dish or a pizza, for, so to speak, for us. And we'll put an ad there. We'll spend $5. We'll create an audience right on Instagram, uh, similar to Facebook. And we'll put a shop now button. And then that shop now button goes directly to their online ordering page. Hmm. And you can convert them right from Instagram. Very interesting. Now, um, anything else about Instagram or Facebook before I ask you about email? Because I know you mentioned earlier there's a lot of cool things that people are doing with email, but did we miss anything that you're recommending to your clients when it comes to Facebook and Instagram? I just think that when you're a local business, you can get caught up in the day-to-day -day operations and you can kind of put these things to the wayside. But I think that you really just need to come up with a strategy and be super consistent with it. And don't be afraid. You don't have to spend a ton of money. I think we have budgets for our clients from anywhere from 25 to $50 a week, which isn't a lot of money when you think about it. Um, and that really can move the needle on social media for you. And stick with you know one or two platforms to start. Don't try to use Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and all these other things. Like right now, Facebook and Instagram are working really well. Stick to those two. Now, I know you've been talking about online order systems, but I also know that not every local business is so sophisticated that they have online ordering systems. So I'm just curious, like, what's the email play here? Because it does seem to me for any business, local or online um, or global, email is the magic bullet here. What do you recommend? How do you recommend people collect the email and what do you recommend they do with the email? I think... And I and I hate to sound like a you know one of those marketing guys who says email grow your list grow your list because I don't necessarily believe in just growing your list to grow your list. I want you to get targeted email subscribers so that way you when you do send an email people open them and respond to it. Um, but when you're a local business, you know your products that you create, whether that be in a restaurant or a you know a nail salon to to do somebody's nails in the grand scheme of things cost wise doesn't cost that much. So on your website give something away for free on a weekly basis. And what we do in the pizza industry is we give away a free pizza every single week. Uh, so on our websites, we collect those emails and every day of the week, whether that be Wednesday or Thursday, we send out an email consistently announcing that winner. 
And in the subject line, we'll just put, hey, this week's free pizza winner inside. Is it you? Could and you, it gets people to open those emails. And by them opening the email, sends a signal to whatever provider you're using that you want to see those emails in the future. And then inside of that, we'll announce the winner. And then we'll also announce what's going on over the weekend. Is there any reason why you could not also do this exact same thing on social um, and just do a contest and then link them off to your website and say, fill out to win or something? Is that not? Yeah, you, you totally could put ads that way. It's it's The thing about when someone goes to your website rather than doing it on social is when someone goes to your website, they kind of already know who you are most for the most part. I see. So it's, it's a little bit easier to get them to opt into that email right on your website. You can do it from Facebook. But it's going to cost you a little bit more money than if someone's on your website and you say, "Hey, you're already here. You might as well try to get our free pizza giveaway." They're gonna, you know, we get a huge subscriber rate for that free pizza giveaway right off the website. So, what's your take on um, when it comes to actually turning uh, these efforts into into foot traffic and into the stores and and locations and stuff? Um, what percentage for some of these businesses that have really embraced this online do you think of their business comes from all from facebook and instagram in particular i mean we have we i run a mastermind group for the pizza industry and we have gentlemen in there who have literally doubled their business in the last year just using facebook advertising really so it's amazing yeah i mean the amount of business that you can get if you consistently do it over time is really amazing and i know that a year or two from now it's going to change but for right now I mean, the people who embrace Facebook ads and spend some money, and these these are local businesses, so they're not spending a ton of money. You know, I think this gentleman spends five hundred or eight hundred dollars a month on Facebook, and if anybody's in a local business and used to do direct mail, you know, that's nothing. Well, I think um, if you it, told the local business that if you could spend eight hundred dollars a month and double your business, would you do it? I think most of them would say yes in a heartbeat. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, and totally. And the thing about that is, when you do spend money. Um, on your post and build engagement, those next posts, you don't necessarily need to spend that much money on. So as you build your page and you spend the money in the beginning, you can kind of dwindle that off over time. Awesome. Bruce, um, where can folks discover uh, the Smart Pizza Marketing podcast, more about you and all that great stuff? Where do you want to send them? You can just go to smartpizzamarketing.com. You can find our podcast and then all the social media links right there from there, iTunes and everything like that. Awesome. Bruce Irving, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insights with us. Mike, thanks so much for having me. That was great. Well, I hope you found some value in today's episode. If there was anything we mentioned and you missed it, socialmediaexaminer.com slash 251. We'll get you right there. Also, subscribe on that podcast player app. Don't ever miss a future episode of this podcast. Also, the Social Media Marketing Society. Be sure to check it out. It is the largest professional development organization for social media marketers brought to you by Social Media Examiner. Visit smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.